Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 44 of the Hey World podcast with me, your host, Ross Walter Livermore. Yes, that's my middle name. I've decided it's the 44th episode, so I'll reward you with letting you know what my middle name is, unless uh, you're friends with me on Facebook, then you would just see that, or if you're just friends with me and you probably know that, or if you were over my house when I was younger and I got in trouble, you probably heard my mother yell, Ross Walter Livermore. <laughs> so there's a little tidbit about my my history. Anyways, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 44. This is a special Monday edition I decided to do a early podcast this week because there was a lot of stuff that happened this weekend and early last week, and just there's a, there's a lot of stuff to get to that was fresh on my mind, so I figured I would just do an early one and uh, and and talk about it all. Show at Five Spot on Saturday, our Broadway gig, just some stuff that's going on with, with the band, all the, just just a lot of exciting stuff, and I figured I would just like. Uh, talk about it early. Anyways, until I get to that, though, I will um, let you know in a couple weeks, April 5th, if you're up in New England and you feel like making the trek up to the North Country in Carabasset Valley, Maine, Sugarloaf Mountain, we're back at the Widowmaker. Once again, we missed last year, but we're up there this year, April 5th, Friday. That's going to be a three to seven opera ski set, and then we're going to be shredding gnar all weekend. I can't wait. Normally when we play up there, we'll do like a couple shows, which means we only get one ski day in. But this one, they they changed the format of their music program. So they're doing new bands every day at the Widowmaker. So we're playing on Friday, skiing Saturday, skiing Sunday, get to hang out with my family on Monday for a little early birthday celebration, which I'm turning 35. And then uh, back here in Nashville. So... um. That's it. That's the only show I have to tell you about. There's going to be more stuff in the future, I guarantee. And uh, until then, keep in touch. RossLivermore.com. Check out the Hey World playlist on Spotify. Check out my music on Spotify. Check out Your Dude Stoked on Instagram. And that's about it. So let's get into it. This is episode 44 of the Hey World podcast with Ross Livermore. That's me. Let's do it. Okay, back with the Instagram Live, back with the Facebook Live. I did a podcast last week, <clears throat> but I decided not to do the live feed. I just wasn't feeling it, you know? Uh, but this week I am, and that's how it's going to go in the Hey World universe from here on out. If I'm feeling like doing a live feed, I'll do it. If not, I can do whatever I want because this is my goddamn podcast. <laughs> Anyway, hey everybody, how are you doing? Sean Sheets tuning in. What up, dude? I'm back with episode 44. This is a Monday edition of the podcast, and I figured I would do a very early one because I had a lot of stuff on my mind, and I wanted to. Uh, I didn't want to save it for tomorrow or later in the week because I'm just really excited about this past weekend, and it's been great. Um, so, yeah, so basically um, Friday... There, this this has been like a crazy week of shows for me. Um, 
just a lot of new opportunities that have happened. This is my podcast, dude. Nickopedia says, what is this? I have a podcast, and this is the 44th episode. Get with it, man. Get with the times. It's on iTunes, if you're wondering. Um, but so, yeah, sometimes I do it live. Sometimes I do it um, just without a live feed. And I'm going to get rid of this social media check right here. Anyways, so yeah, this week was like a kind of, it was a crazy week. I did Tuesday, Wednesday at the hotel, which is a regular monthly gig that I do. And then I had my first full band performance at Old Red. I, that's a bar downtown on Broadway that I've been playing solo. And I do a lot of their private events, like their corporate, uh, the corporate events that they book, excuse me. And uh, this is the first opportunity I had to play a full band Friday 6 to 10 slot, which is one of the prime slots down there on Broadway. And this is my first one. So there was a great opportunity for me to uh, completely fall on my face. But we didn't, <laughs> which is good because I don't know. At first, actually, it was it started off. So basically what happened, we, bo- we got booked, we played it. It was me, Trevor Larkin, Caleb. Hooper and Ross Gardner, who were the guys that played with me on Saturday night at the five spot. So this was a bit of a dress rehearsal and we didn't get the chance to rehearse for the five spot show. So we were just going to play all the originals and that was going to be our like paid rehearsal. So old red says, uh, for the six to 10 slot, they want us to kind of keep it pretty, pretty tame for the first hour for the dinner crowd and then start to turn up the volume and bust out the electric guitars and whatever. Uh, so right off the bat, we start playing. First song, we started with Use Me. It's a cover gig, so we're playing pretty much all covers with the exception of like five or six originals. So we started with Use Me because actually Use Me was playing on the recording. So we're like, ah, oh, let's just play along with the song and we'll turn it down. So then we played that and then we played Into the Mystic. And literally we start playing Into the Mystic and I look over to my right and there is this big blonde woman Guarantee she's from Texas because they're always from Texas when they're busting your balls from the crowd. And she just goes, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, looking right at me. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I start sweating profusely because I'm just like – I'm like nervous as it is because I'd never done that time slot at a venue downtown that's that full. So I'm I'm there. I'm self-conscious because I don't really know a ton of country songs. And that's pretty much what they want to hear. So – I, I felt like I, I was just super nervous. So right off the bat, this woman is just like heckling me right from the crowd. Just pick it up, pick it up. But I'm like, the bar told us to play slower songs for the first hour. So I just stopped looking at her. And throughout the set, she just seemed very upset with us. And her husband was just like looking down the whole time. And I thought, I'm like, you know what? This sucks, but it probably sucks worse to be this woman's actual husband <laughs> because he has to he, like she just yells at me from stage and then she leaves and I never see her again. See her again. This guy has to live with her forever. So, God help him. Oh my man! But uh, so yeah, we played the show. It was fine. <laughs> there were a couple of really funny moments from. It just brought the Broadway crowd. I'm I'm starting to. I'm just starting to do it more. So you start to see just like these crazy people in vacation land and it's good for a lot of reasons. You know, if you use it for a tool, like a fan building tool, um, drew Hester, by the way, congratulations, dad, drew and Megan Hester just had a baby boy 
And um, congratulations. I'm so happy for you guys. I can't wait to meet him. Maybe this summer. Or maybe, hopefully, I'll get out to L.A. and I'll get to meet him in the hometown. Um, but, yeah, so just the people down on Broadway can be can be a bit unruly. So uh, my philosophy is you got you to gotta dis- disrupt the crowd a little bit, but you also have to play to the crowd. You're there. You're being paid to entertain these people. <clears throat> but, man, we got some crazy ass. <laughs> we were playing... Uh, Doing the uh, the classic RLB trio move, yeah, dude. I'm I'm coming to LA. I have a friend of mine here who I write with a bunch who's actually moving back to LA, and I have another friend named Jeremy Hatcher who mixed our last record who lives in LA. So I have two musical excuses to go there and three to hang out with you guys. Um, so an LA trip is is in the near future. We got to get John to come out too, party, drink some beers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we did the cl- the classic RLB trio move and we played 500 Miles by the great Scottish pop duo, The Proclaimers. And we were doing that But I Like It thing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you get to say But I Like It instead of da-da-da-da. And let me get back to this. Hold on one second. I'm going to ignore my, like I said, I have a time limit on my Instagram and I need to ignore it. Nick Raponi. You have to, dude, you would love Nashville. You would, this is like your, you would absolutely love it. You have to come down. And when you do, like, we'll hang out and I'll show you around. We'll party. But seriously, like, I actually think Noah's coming in April. Noah is a a good, a mutual friend of mine and Nick Raponi, who is, uh, Nick is a longtime friend of mine. Some of my earliest uh, on-stage performances were with Nick. I actually, funny story, I actually found, I was going through some stuff when I was home this summer, and I found the newspaper clipping of us when we were in that barbershop quartet competition at Higgins. Do you remember that? We came, it was like, there were like six barbershop quartets, and we were fourth out of six. We like didn't really do that well. Me, Nick Raponi, Caleb Pelger was the bass. Ah, uh, what the hell? Derek was the um. Why can't I think of his last name? Derek, fuck. And so I I sang the high, I was the tenor. Derek was the lead. Nick was the baritone. Is that the is that the part? And then Caleb was the bass. But I found that picture. It's like so ridiculous. I I think we were called. Derek Labrie, Derek, I'm an idiot. Why don't I think of that? And we were called the men from Tannertown or the boys from Tannertown. (laughs) Oh, my God. So funny. So funny. Some of the earliest stuff. After you graduated, we actually continued the barbershop quartet and we went to, um, yeah, terrible name. Terrible name. We went to a barbershop quartet camp like a weekend-long camp at Fitchburg State. It was me, Paul, Matt Sussman, and and Kevin Pasden. And, it, like, we were the only barbershop quartet there. Everyone was in acapella groups, and that, I feel like that's that weekend was the weekend that I discovered my, like, absolute hatred towards acapella groups. I can't stand them. I just hate acapella groups so much. <laughs> I, I get it. It's creative. It takes a lot of talent, but, man, I just... I don't understand how like seven men singing Green Day 
is like appealing to anybody, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the, the men from Tanner town, that was my barbershop quartet. Uh, that was, oh man, so funny. So funny. Um, but anyway, so back to, back to Broadway, we were doing, um, we were doing this set and we were playing 500 miles and I was like, okay, say, but I like it instead of da, 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 da. And I was like, but when you say, but I like it, you have to think of something you really like. And there was this like 70 year old woman right in front of the stage. And I was like, miss, like, think of something. What do you really like? And she literally makes a, like a jerking off gesture towards me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? So Trev, we, the band stopped. We were just like hysterically laughing because that was the thing that this woman liked. And, uh, so we were asking other people, they just said beer and whatever. And we just like, we brought it back. And this woman was just like having the best time of her life. Um, and I just, oh, it was like such a funny off the cuff moment of playing down on Broadway at Old Red. Oh, but it was good. It was good. The band was good. We were taking some requests, classic brown eyed girl and some Skinnerd, some CCR, some uh, David. David Chastain's tuning in, and you know what song I started playing because of you is Dixieland Delight. I love that song. But uh, yeah, we got some Alabama requests, and I, I could pull that one out of my ass because you were the one who showed me that song. So funny. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, Saturday night was the Five Spot Show, which was absolutely incredible. If you guys came, if anyone who listens to this podcast came to the show on Saturday night, thank you so much. It was incredible. Um, I had a good conversation with a friend of mine who, dude, that is, I that song is incredible. We didn't really do the key change because we didn't get a chance to rehearse it. We, di we didn't do like the real cool shit at the end of the song. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I love singing that song. I don't know what a, uh, uh, yeah, that, that song is just great. But, and every time I sing it, I'm like, David showed me that when we were baked at Zany's one time. And he's like, listen to this song. <laughs> so good. But yeah, the five spot was just incredible. I was talking to a good friend of mine who does a festival here. And he's like, you should really start to do some like in town shows that like are ticketed. And uh, you can prove your draw. Because what I was, I was playing at a place here called The Country when I first moved here. Because I knew the booking guy. Which later changed his name to The Local. And, and he had since left. And the venue, like, it's a, it's a good venue. But it's definitely not as cool as some of the other venues here in town. I keep, sorry. I keep, the, I keep playing with these air buds. And uh, they, it keeps screwing with the Facebook feed. Anyway. But, um, so I booked a Sunday night soul show in June and I figured it would be a good time for me to like maybe get into the, the five spot as a club that I kind of established my band playing at. Anyway, so they let us book a show, which was last night, it was a Saturday six to eight show. And, um, I really wanted to just like focus on trying to see like what the hard number was of people that would come out to see me or a show that I'd set up. And uh, because there's a cover, you can just count how many people paid. And that's like pretty basic. So we had the show. Michael Kite started it out 
Trevor Larkin, my good friend who I've talked about on this podcast, he has a new band um, for his stuff that he's been writing. They call it Climb the Sky. And then uh, two of the guys in his band, himself and himself, hit Trevor and their drummer, Gabe Klein, played keys in my band. Um, and then Caleb Hooper and Russ Gardner, who have been playing with me since I've been here, and we played, and it was insane. 88 people paid to come to this show, and... Even if I, you know, you figure, I don't know, maybe even if like a third of those people or a little less than a third, that's still 50 people that paid, you know, because they're going to, five spots always going to get some walk-in traffic, especially on a day like Saturday. It was like 75 and beautiful out. Um, But man, it was like, it kind of blew my mind. I was thinking there's an $80 production fee. So I'm like, as long as 15 people come, we're not going to lose money. And that is fine, um, and that's that was that was my philosophy going into the show. Like, as long as we can pay for the production fee, it is all good. It's fine, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was, I, I was just amazed at how many people actually came out. Um, I think one thing that was to our benefit was that it was an early show on Saturday, so like, so people didn't really have to um, ruin their night plans they could come to the show go get a late dinner and then like do all the stuff they would normally do on a saturday um there's three really great acts and everyone was doing short sets it was just a lot of things worked in our favor for that show um and it was just incredible so thank you to everyone who came out um musically this past weekend was one of those weekends where I, I know anyone who's listening to this who is a musician, there's always like, I, I, I know in my experience, the first moment that I knew music was like the thing. And it was in Paul's basement. First time we played together, we played Smoke on the Water. And I just remember the first time I ever played with a drummer, you get that feeling like, oh my God, like this is this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And um, I feel like the one thing that's really kept me going through music from then until now is like trying to find that feeling again um because it's certainly not the money because there's no money in it um well there's money in it but there's not like you 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 have to love it basically because you know it's gonna take a long time to get rich um so just searching for those moments and like they pop up and those are the things that like get you through the like month of no shows, they just like searching for that feeling. You're like, I got to book another show. I got, I got to play another thing just because this, like this, it, I felt it again. I felt the feeling, you know? So this, this like moment had happened twice this weekend. It was one time we were playing when we were playing at old red, we played fishing in the dark. You know that song, the nitty gritty dirt band. I just remember hitting that chorus at the end of the song. And I was just like, fuck yeah, we're here. This is it. And then it was at the five spot. And I have a video and I'm going to post this moment because I, I watched all the, the footage from the show shot by my good friend, Sean Sheets, who was tuning in earlier. Um, and this moment was just, it was like a profound moment. And I, I remember watching the footage being like, you can tell, I can tell. Because I, I don't know, I just like to watch the, sh- the show footage and see like what sucked and where my banter can get better and you know where the mistakes were in my playing and, and the guys and, and all this stuff and blah 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 it's watching film 
just just watching film, you know. Um, <laughs> so we played a mashup cover of Funk Forty Nine into War Pigs by Black Sabbath and and Funk Forty Nine's James Gang, and we played. And then we went back into Funk 49, and right out of that, we went right into Calling California at the end. And I told Russ, I was just like, just go right into the drum beat. And then um, he did, right out of the song, into the drum beat, I did like the intros to the band. And then we counted in the song, and like right when we hit that opening G chord, it was just like the skies opened. It was just one of those feelings where it was like everything just hit perfectly. The band settled into that chord and it was just incredible and i watched the video and you could see it in my face i'm just like smiling looking right at caleb and it was fucking awesome and i'm just so happy that that still happens you know it's just incredible it's it's just that's that that moment is the reason why people continue to have a life in music and in any art form, because I know that type of feeling trans like translates throughout all of the arts, you know, when you're just kind of like you have a moment, you know, it's like a profound moment in whatever your craft is. And I think we're always searching for that. And it doesn't always happen when you're playing like you could go. That's why we go see shows all the time. That's why I love living in Nashville, because you can go out on a Monday night and be like completely inspired by just some dude playing at a bar. And it's crazy. Um, I'm just thankful that I can continue to have those moments like it with my own music and the guys that I play with. Um, it happened back in December. I know like there's, if you go back in the podcast log to like the late thirties, the one that says, I think it's Opus recap. I know those, those two shows in the middle of December last year, were like huge for my personal morale and I think the morale of the band and the whole project in general because um, we hadn't really done a show where we sold out the show in years and we did it two nights in a row just on a whim in Salem in December and it was like and we and we kicked ass we like played really well and we played to a big crowd of people and like everyone knew the words to the songs. They wanted us to play our songs instead of covers. It was just like, like those are the feelings that we, we search for that I do. And I'm like, I'm just so pumped that it's still happening. Like, I don't know if I, if I figure my solo career in quotes started in 2008 with the release of the EP I did with Jesse, that means I'm 11 years into the, technical like Ross Livermore project or whatever and it's still I still love it it's it's still awesome and you have these moments when you're playing and it's ah oh, it's just so exciting you can tell in my voice um so that's why I wanted to do the podcast early because I was feeling great about the show and I wanted that excitement to come out in the official broadcast um and I was actually really pumped like about Trevor's band Trevor met these guys named Gabe and Gideon Klein. And I'm trying to wave on this friggin' thing. <laughs> um, Gabe and Gideon Klein and they Klein and they just are these multi instrumentalist dudes, brothers. Um 
and they're in they're playing like a rock power trio. It's great. Harmonies incredible. Nothing there's really nothing like sibling harmonies. You know, just like two people that are related or three or however many singing in harmony. I feel like harmony vocal harmony with siblings or family members is just there's always something just a little bit better about it than just like regular people singing together. In most situations. I don't know. I guess that's a big generalization, but I don't know. I feel like there's always just something special about a couple couple siblings singing in harmony. But yeah, they had great great harmonies, great songs. And then Michael Kite. I love Michael. I met him right around the time I moved here. We've written a bunch of great songs together. We wrote Feels Right, New Design, new song called Reggie, some songs for him. Um, just He was one of those guys where um, music was just really easy to make with him. And that's, I feel like, what I'm looking for more than any type of, like, technical industry success. Because I feel like if you're smart enough to continue to have a career and you know how to budget your money and you know how to book shows and you know how to be a professional, um, all that other stuff just kind of just happens, you know? If you're just working really hard and you're putting out good music and you're easy to work with and you're professional... um, all that other like whatever success, industry success, I guess, in quotes, that'll just happen. You know, you have to have faith. It's a, it's a bit of blind faith, but I think what's more important to me is to make music with people who it's just easy to make, you know? And writing songs is hard. It's difficult. And I don't mean in a way that um, you want to take a shortcut. It's just when you write when I write with Michael or I play music with Paul and Phil or Caleb or Trevor or Russ or Gabe who played keys or Grant Garland or, you know, Nicole Boggs or any of these people who have, it's, it's just, it seems effortless. Um, and you know, you just get along and there's a kindred spirit and that's, I feel like the most important thing, um, to me. And, I feel like all that other stuff is just kind of a byproduct of finding people who music is just fun with, you know? It's like you see all these stories of bands that made it and they're just like high school buddies like Coldplay or whatever, or the Beatles. I know I just put Coldplay and the Beatles in the same sentence, but I mean Coldplay is the biggest band in the world. Um, You know, all just U2, Metallica, like all of these just massive bands... They were just friends that just that love doing it, you know, and that that is why they become huge because it's it's fun, you know, it's fun for people to be a part of, and uh, no matter what level I ever find myself at, like I'm just really glad that it is it. It, it it's important to the people that I play with and to myself that it just is a fun it's 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 enjoyable and like writing songs and playing shows is still great it's still fun for us you know and it's always going to be a job there's always bullshit that you have to deal with and that stuff is uh is important but 
just kicking ass on stage. There's just something, there's something to be said about just kicking some ass, going out there and uh, just singing your heart out and, and smashing the drums and just ripping guitar solos and, and not really thinking too much about anything else. Um, which is a hard thing to do sometimes here in Nashville because it is like an industry town, you know? And people are just like, you know, a lot of people have angles here. Um, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people are in it for the right reasons. And those are the people that I'm looking for. And I think I've found a great community and it's continually growing and it's continually getting better. And Saturday night was a culmination of, uh, of hard work mixed with great friendship and great music. And I'm so thankful to everyone that came out and everyone that was a part of it. And, uh, on to the next one. On to the next one. Side note, Rob Gronkowski retired. And that is sad. It's, I mean, like, it makes total sense. But big shout out to 87. As a, as a massive Patriots fan, Rob, Gronk- Rob, Rob Gronkowski, amazing career. And thank you for all that you did for the greater New England area and the New England Patriots nation all around the world. Um, that seems like a good place to end this podcast, episode 44. So thank you guys for tuning in on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in on Facebook. If you wanted to get uh, last week's episode, you can go on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just look up Hey World with Ross Livermore and you can find it there. Um, and I will see you all next week with another riveting episode it'll be episode 45 and uh until then we'll see you next time all right thank you guys bye bye